Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Ben King to have our rants and anger to all come out because of this silly LSU game that everybody is just irate over. Ben, how are you doing? I am one of the irate ones, sir. <laughs> I'm irate too. Uh, you know, this is this is one of the games why I really love having this podcast because I've tried everything I can to 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 deal with what I experienced on Saturday. And I'm hoping that this will be a remedy to the madness that has ensued over the past day and a half. Just think of me as your shrink. Tell me everything. I, that's how I feel, man. <laughs> you and the listeners, uh, I appreciate your time and and uh, your therapy. So let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, as everybody knows at this point, Auburn lost uh, in a very crushing loss to <sighs> LSU. Uh, Last-minute field goal. Uh, lots of penalties. Uh, offensive issues with interceptions. Just not clicking early in the game. Uh, it just, and even at the end of the game, uh, it's frustrating and there's so many things that everybody's pointing to and rightly so there's many different reasons. Uh, I, I'm still processing it even though two were two days after the game and I'm probably going to be processing it for like the rest of the season. I mean, that's kind of what we did last so, season too. So before the game and all week I heard, is this a revenge game? Are you guys looking back to last year and you want revenge? And every single time I saw the response was, last year was last year. This is this year. We're going to go out and play football. And you know what? That doesn't work. You needed to be angry about this, Auburn. The entire team needed to be angry about this. They needed to want revenge. They needed some kind of mental fuel because you know what? LSU wanted to come out and they wanted it more. And we let a ridiculous transfer from Ohio State and a bunch of freshmen beat us on our own field, breaking a 13-game win streak. And we looked stupid. Just stupid. It was, We yeah. should not have had... And I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet! <laughs> <laughs> it should not have been a game. It should have been a 40-something to, to 7 beatdown. And we beat ourselves. And it's it's such a stupid way to lose. Like, if they just came out and played lights out, great. But their stats were terrible, and their offense did not play well. We just played worse. And that sucks. Like, that that's the sucky feeling that everybody felt. And, and I was one of the f- people at 
the end of the game, especially when those two pass interference calls, I was yep. like, crap, it's the, the coach's fault. And you start thinking back on it. There were so many missed opportunities. We didn't get out uh, off the field on plenty of third downs that LSU, we could have easily stopped them, or even fourth downs. And we, as an offense, didn't convert on third downs. We put ourselves in really bad situations that it's really yeah. hard to convert when you're third and long. Uh, the the defense has a really good idea of what you're going to do. If I had to blame anyone in this game, it would be the cornerbacks. The cornerbacks let us down. And in what way? What like are, are you thinking more of the pass interferences or even a greater issue? Greater issue. They can't stay on their man. So we play a lot of zone, and I hate it. I hate zone because there's always holes in the zone, right? And we don't know how to play zone and cover the man at the same time. We just lay back in zone and let them catch the ball and then tackle them. And when we play man, we can't stay on our man. So I guess that's why we don't do that either. But the the thing that drives me crazy is all you have to do is stay on your man. And I realize you're out on the island, but stay on your man. And being someone who's who's played this, and I'm sure you have too, mm-hmm. knowing how to play a cornerback position, stay on your man if he's Beat you, pass interference is fine. But if he hasn't and you're right there, make sure to turn around, make a play on the ball, and you're fine. And you know what? That's honestly one thing that happened. There was a pass interference call on a ball that was tipped. That's not that's not real. You can't have yep. pass interference call on a tipped ball. Mm-hmm. Did that change? Did I miss that rule change? No. No. It's... Then what the heck, refs? And that that call, you, I don't know where you saw the ref. He was 20 yards away. Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you – you're throwing your flag. And he didn't even get the flag there. So he had to pick up his flag and bring it over. That's how far away this guy was. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I don't get what that was all about. And that was one of those crucial – that's how LSU got down the field so quickly in yep. field goal range. I, I, those those calls, I mean, we can't, we're not going to blame it on the refs because nope. we've had two bad games now where refs have called terrible – and you calls. know what? Refs and, and, are going to be against us if we yeah. have any non-conference matchups. They're always against the SEC, and that's fine. We should have played better on offense to make it where it didn't matter, and we didn't do that. Nope. And we put it on our defense's shoulders, and they couldn't answer in the secondary. That Our defense against the run game was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, they could not run against us. Yep. And, and then, again, minus that 71-yard pass yeah it looked great the pass game we shut them down i think it was ridiculously low um yards per pass minus if you take away that really long pass it was I mean, like three yards per pass when you take yeah, that out yeah so that's how good we were playing minus that one mental mistake where the guy tried to jump the route silly mistake but it's the, like you can't blame it all on that one play though that was a big play there were plenty of other sequences where we should have gotten points, gotten stops. And that's that's where like I, I, I'm frustrated. Like I'm a very I want to see the cause and I want to see the effect. And there were so many cause and effect things and they got all intertwined. Yeah. I, I I got confused. I was like, why did we lose? It LSU was like all of these things. Half of their passes, not even that. And they couldn't run. Their best runner got sixty nine yards on us. Mm-hmm. After having multiple hundred yard plus games, fifteen for thirty four, like the the defense played lights out except for one play, and the offense did not show up. 
except for 10 minutes in the game. Yep. Last five minutes of the first half, last first five minutes of the second half, and then we didn't do anything again. For like 10 minutes, I was like, hey, where has this team been? And they were gone. Hey, at least we're not like Ole Miss and we only play for like 10 seconds of a game and then give up. That's true. Because that, that was sad. <laughs> or we're I'm glad we're not Arkansas either, where we had North Texas slaughter us. You know what? I don't think Ole Miss nor Arkansas thought they had national championship on the line type deal. No. But we do. I don't know. And we did. Mm-hmm. And we're still number nine in the nation. It's so true. back to naughty number nine. I'm happy about that. That's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But LSU is like the fifth best team that we're going to play this year. <laughs> Maybe sixth mm-hmm. best team. Yeah. Behind Washington. So the fact that we still have to play Mississippi State on the road, Texas A&M, who is a very good team. Mm-hmm. Georgia and Alabama, we put we beat Washington, and then you've got Arkansas. Mm-hmm. All those other teams are better than LSU. And you know what? If we can win out, LSU is going to lose at least two games. They're going to lose to Georgia and Alabama. Very likely. I mean, but, I'm look. I mean, you look at both Georgia and Alabama right now. Both teams, they they're heads and tails above every other team. Yeah. I mean, the closest one maybe is Clemson, but. It's just way too far, too far, at least in my opinion, for Georgia and Alabama. And that's that's tough. Like, I still wish we played them at an opposite, uh, like we play home and home or home and away. Yeah, honestly, I want to tell Georgia, like, hey, mm. we'll play you away this year and we'll play you away next year. Mm-hmm. And then we can switch it up. Because well, then that would fix it for a decade, if not longer. Yeah. Let's expand the SEC and move us to the East. I want to play in the East. That'd be great. It'd I hate be playing easier. LSU. <laughs> I do. I'm growing to not like playing LSU. It's like playing and, Clemson. Anytime we play another Tiger, it mm-hmm. just makes me mad. It's always a really <laughs> good game, and it usually has a bad ending. Yeah. The only ones that I usually like is Missouri, because Missouri is... is garbage. Yeah, it's garbage out there. Uh, but other than that, I mean, like it's, it's really tough like to... For for Auburn in the SEC West, we struggle every single week. Like we know, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we struggle. Maybe we, we develop these guys and really push them to their limits every single week, every single game. Maybe that's a good thing. Uh, you, you you don't you have good competition. Of course, it's going to make you better. I want to see some sort of maybe a compromise, but I don't. I mean, we're we're either going to be in the West or we're going to be in the East. And for the time being, we're in the West. Yep. Uh, it's just really tough to see us playing LSU, Georgia, and Bama all in the same year and every other year against Bama and Georgia. It's just so tough every single year. Here's the thing, though. We haven't beat LSU in LSU in, like, I don't know, two decades or something like that. It's something. It's getting up there. If we are not saying we want a revenge game next year, then there is something wrong with his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Yep. They need to channel what all these players experienced because that was more embarrassing than last year's embarrassment because at least last year we just rolled over. Mm-hmm. This year we choked. Yep. And it is the most embarrassing loss that I've had since the last time we lost to LSU. Who cares yeah. about losing to Georgia in the SEC title game? Who cares about the stupid Chick-fil-A Bowl or whatever the heck we went to? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it was one of those teams that we thought, eh, this is an LSU team that's kind of down. 
don't have as much talent coming into this season. Uh, and we got him in Auburn. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to use this revenge to, as our, as our spark to keep us going. And we didn't do that. It, it's very weird and frustrating. Uh, and I didn't feel this weirdly, even after the SEC championship, even though if we had won it, we would have gone to the championship. I don't know. I just didn't feel as bad. And neither. It was like, it was a good season. We were really hurt. There's like coming off of Bama and beating two number one teams. Like it's okay. Yeah. But this, there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. We're at the top of our game. We have more talent on this team than we've had in the past five years, more than the 2013 team. And yet we can't put anything together. And you know what? I think it's because of the type of talent we have. And we keep trying to do the run first and then open up the pass. And you know what? That doesn't work right now. Our offensive line can't block. It takes them five seconds to develop a play if they're going to. So you have to do the delayed handoffs. And if that doesn't happen, you've got six guys on the defense coming through the line. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is pass first, run after to open up more passes, or use the pass to open up the run. Because mm -hmm. our wide receivers are amazing. Our quarterback is great. Unless he's rolling out to the side, he's not a mobile quarterback. Keep him in the pocket long enough to pass the ball, which we can seem to do without getting a holding call, which is unnecessary, and then run the ball. Because right now, like, we had a two or three good runs, and that was it. And Booby did great. He got over 100 yards. Uh, Shrivers did great, too. Shrivers did do good. He can move through the line. But these guys are getting, like, I think uh, the stat was after contact, 70-plus percent of Booby's run, running yards were mm -hmm. after he got hit. Yeah. That's pathetic. Like, our our offensive line, I think they're gelling. LSU's defensive line is great, and not to put anything past them. But every single time we ran, it was like you get up to the line and you get hit. And sometimes it was one guy and they'd break it. Sometimes it was four guys and they'd go to the ground. A lot of times it was that. Yeah. We need to and, pass first. And I know that's not the Gus Malzahn way or whatever, but that's the team we have. We are a pass first team this year and we're not doing that. I, I'm still a little bit holding out hope that we're, we're just doing things like we've done before where it takes us till the fourth game to figure out what the heck we're doing on offense. Well, that's fine. In the first four games then, we should be pass first <laughs> until we figure it out. Yeah. There's, and there's and no we have... excuse to keep doing the same stupid thing and expecting it to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hopeful that we do move towards that. Uh, I mean, our, we're going to run the ball, but I think it's pretty evident, at least at this point that we're not going to be running and going to have a guy Every single game that's getting over 120, 130 yards, we may get a like we may get some of those, but we have to go to our pass game. Which, as you've seen, the young talent is there, and the veteran talent is still there. Uh, we have all those great assets out there, and and you see them breaking tackles, making plays. Uh, it's the struggle, at least with this LSU game, seemed to be LSU knew exactly what we were doing on our pass game. They that's why a couple of those interceptions. I mean, those were bad passes sometimes, but a lot it of it seemed was behind like, the back, like yeah, behind the receiver. 
I mean, Seth yeah. Williams had like an amazing catch where he had to reach back behind him and grab the <laughs> yeah. ball. He still got a couple stride. yards. Yeah. yeah. And still got a couple more yards after it. Seth Williams is like, so here's the thing is we came in with a stacked wide receiver core and two of our best players are freshmen, Seth Williams and, and Schwartz. Mm-hmm. So yeah, both like, of them have very, very high uh, potential. And, and the, both of them have shocked me. I mean, I thought Anthony Schwartz, like I said in the last podcast, he would be just the fast, speedy guy. Couldn't take a hit. Isn't going to be a tough runner. No, he's he's quite the opposite. Uh, he's going to be a very tough guy to take down. And then you take Seth Williams. He's a freshman that is acting and running routes like a veteran. This kind of guy has a maturity that I've rarely seen as as a freshman. Um, he's he's got some really got good upswing uh, potential for him. He's uh, he knows where the ball is. He can he has such great catches too. Like the one that was that he caught out of bounds, like pinwheel style. Yeah, that was called incomplete, but I totally saw him catch it. He went to the ground and then he didn't hold on to it after the ground. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and that I mean that's a split second. He makes the catch and secures it just a split second quicker, and that's an amazing catch. Yep, that's just the that, effort on that was amazing. Yes, um, and, and he's doing a great job. Um, I mean, all of the the wide receivers seem to be doing pretty well. We even okay, we we even threw it to the tight end. Pretty shocking, pretty great. At the same time, Jalen Harris got a catch. Uh, CJ Uzoma, I thought was kind of nice. He was the honorary Mike man. He was a tight end. He was also wearing a forty three jersey uh, for Lutz and Kirkin. That's, That's nice. pretty cool that we we. I don't know. It definitely wasn't intentional, but kind of nice that we threw that in there uh, and actually had a pretty good pass to a tight end, and he made a move and got uh, about thirteen yards. Uh, are you kind of getting a little concerned we aren't using Ryan Davis as much uh, this season? Uh, it's odd. Um, there was that one play where, for whatever reason, it would have been a touchdown if Ryan Davis hadn't let up on the pass. But he like let up to figure out where the ball was mm-hmm. instead of running full speed, and then he didn't, didn't get to it. Uh, honestly, I don't know why we aren't using Ryan Davis more. I know we targeted him a couple more times than he actually caught, but... He's still a sure-handed wide receiver, even mm-hmm. if he drops a couple. Yeah, he's a. I want to see him used a little bit more. He he seems to be. It just seemed like a little bit off. Like maybe it was Stidham and his connection, but it also just seemed like he was a little bit off. I don't know. I and mean, seemed like that for a lot of the other offensive players. We just didn't seem to be on the same page. I mean, it's a, you saw that second play of the game, the interception. But, it just took them a long time, and they it, they did struggle, and they got back to where it was like, all right, great, we got some really great drives going. Um, that interception, had... the first both both interceptions were bad mm-hmm. passes. Like the first one was way behind the wide receiver. Yeah, and the corner and that it was, was like a... almost directly to the cornerback. Yeah, well, that was I think supposed to be a back shoulder catch where he he was supposed to stop and then come back and get the ball. It didn't even look back just kept running and the DB turned around and saw the ball and stopped on a dime, came back to the ball. It's, it's tough. You you got to have that connection there. Is that just a uh, miscommunication on the play or? 
I, that was my my perception of it. Even though after the game, I think Stidham said that it was his fault for throwing it, but that's the kind of throw that I've seen him do a back shoulder throw to. And yet there was just some miscommunication. So that was just how I read it. Mm. Uh, are you, are you, okay, let's, let's talk about Stidham because I think that's uh, also a critical part of one of the reasons why we struggled a lot on offense. He, he did fight to get back. I mean, he was over four starting and then I believe it was like the next 10 passes he completed. Yeah. He, he did a great job rebounding, but it just still seemed to be throwing behind the guys. Um, especially when he's under pressure and there's some stats out there. He's at least last year. I think he was like the worst quarterback when he was under pressure and he was the best when we got him good enough protection to pass the ball in the pocket. He seems to be one of those guys we need to protect him or, I mean, I, I don't particularly like it all the time, but if we need to roll him out, get him out of there. But uh, if we know there's a blitz, he's, he's a true pocket passer. And the thing is, is that when he, when he's in the pocket, he has mobility to step up into the pocket mm-hmm. and pass some of the some of the oncoming defenders. So we we saw him do that in this game where the pocket collapsed and he stepped up in it and got away. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm good for him to do that. But anytime we take Jarrett and we roll him out to the right or the left, bad idea. He's just not a mobile passer. I mean, we got that one touchdown out of him uh, at the goal line. He wasn't he wasn't rolling though. He was like shifting. Okay, it's a different okay. type of run. When we like make him run, run, it's he needs to be able to set his feet. I guess is the thing. He just doesn't throw on the run very well. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, and he does a great job of doing RPOs, where if he sees something, hands it off. Or if he sees a guy, he can get him on a quick slant. He gives it to the the slant guy, and most of the time he's he's again in that pocket area. And that's where he does really good. Um, when you get him a little bit outside of that pocket, you can see he's just not himself. Um, I, if we can keep him in there, great. But if we need to roll him out, especially with this offensive line still gelling, we might just have to do that. Um, any other thoughts on? let's let's kind of wrap up this idea of like the the offense before we really go into even a little bit more of the defense anything else you want to talk about for offense uh i have a lot of things actually so rpo i like that you brought that up honestly some of the best rpos i've seen run between Sidham and booby together like i couldn't tell where the ball was a couple of times mm-hmm. absolutely and the fact that they're able to do that shows a really good connection between the two we should stick with it Offensive line just needs to be able to hold defenders back a little bit longer and open up holes. Yeah. And honestly, on the RPOs, the offensive line was able to actually make things happen. They were. So. And then, then even when it would be handed off to Booby, he did a great job. Reminded me a whole lot of Carry On Johnson last season. Yeah. Of being a little patient, taking a little like shuffle step, still moving forward, and then as soon as the hole opens, boom, hit it, and take on a couple tacklers. Uh, and he's done that. I mean, you've seen an improvement from game one to game two to game three now, and he's moving forward. He's getting forward progress every single time. Even if he gets hit in the backfield, there are many times he gets hit in the backfield now because sometimes the offensive line lets the guy through. 
or they blitz. And yet Booby is still able to somehow get back to the line of scrimmage. It's amazing how good this guy is, um, even as a freshman. Yeah, and some of those RPOs, the the best thing about it was it gave our offensive line a minute to push around the D-line. And like Harrell, just follow him. And then if we need to, Chandler Cox, I think, can fill the Jay Prosh of 2013 type situation. Mm-hmm. Because he had a couple blocks this game where he came up and just laid a guy out. Yep. And I love to see that. I think we should utilize it more often. Yeah. Did uh, you also notice that he was Chandler Cox, is who I'm talking about, was a little bit nice? Man, he is like, such a gentleman. <laughs> he's like, he's seriously one of the nicest players on the team. He was like, first, he can catch my passes because he's turned into quite a wide receiver option type deal. So you're okay with the Chandler Cox, Cox cat, and you pa- him passing no. it to you? no. I said he can catch my passes, not throw them. Ah, got it, got it. The Cox cat can never come. <laughs> but I'm okay for him to line up and like hit a guy and then roll off and go out for the pass. He's done great on that. Yeah. He can do that every single play. But no, absolutely not. <laughs> Though, honestly, that's not as bad as like our, our drop and handoff and lose four yards on a third and one or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Still. Keep Chandler Cox away from the quarterback position, regardless of whatever type of play you're doing. Agreed. However, nicest guy on the field. Uh, such a gentleman, helping guys up. Like, LSU players, pat him on the butt. Arm players, give him high fives type deal. Like, he, he's probably the friendliest Auburn player that we have. And he has a, he had such a good, I guess, mindset after the game. Something that I would like to get to maybe sometime later on this year. Uh, A quote from Chandler. I'm going to read it. Uh, They're just going to forget about it and flush it, referring Hmm. to this game. They're going to look back on it, and we're going to laugh about it. Yeah, I I can't wait till I get to there. (laughs) Obviously, there's going to be that hurt feeling, and unfortunately, that's the last time for me to play LSU. Sorry, Chandler. But I'm going to look back toward the end of the season and be like, you know what? That helped us. It always does. Just like life. Something happens. You have to become stronger. And that's what we're going to do as a team. And you know what? I really hope it does. And I hate the fact that we have to lose to LSU again to have that happen. But if we can turn this into a positive, then so be it. But I swear next year, they better be looking back on the past two seasons and say, this is our game to win. We're getting revenge. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't happen again. Yep, and people can stop talking about the cigar game from 20 years ago. Yeah, let's bring our own cigars. Let's, uh, let's you know, whatever. Whatever they want to do. Yep. Champagne afterwards. <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. Who well, cares? For... Let's get penalized. <laughs> let's get fined for it. But we yeah. better win in Tiger Stadium next year. Yeah, and we better use that as motivation for the past two years of losing in miserable fashion. Another quote that came out, uh, and this was from Gene Tizek and his uh, words of chisdom. Uh, <laughs> I think it was really good. And Peter Green posted this in our Facebook discussion group. He said, uh, well, Gene Chizik said, in school, you got the lessons first and then the test. The problem with football is you get the test first and then the lesson because you're going back and watching film. You're learning what you did wrong. 
He said, all players and teams grow from this experience. Relax. It's a long season. I agree. I I want to keep my mindset on that, even though this was a really tough loss. And it's even more of an uphill battle going now since we, we still have fantastic teams like Texas A&M, Georgia, and Bama Mississippi coming State. up. And Mississippi State, yes. <laughs> At Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. How did I forget them? Lots of cowbell. Mm. Better we have cowbells you know, we could lose on the loudspeakers. We could. If we play like this, we will. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like we we could go undefeated this year. We could have if we had played the way that we played during those 10 minutes of the game, the whole game mm-hmm. on offense. Defense played lights out except for one play. And we should never be in a situation where one play can dictate the outcome of the game. Yep. And that maybe that's what, to an extent, that encourages me. Because if it if we fix that one mental mistake of that 71-yard pass, our defense would have shut down LSU. Yep. And would have held us in a winning position, and we would have won that game. And that's that's kind of what gives me hope. And, and maybe that's why I, I don't look at this loss as all negative because it is a lesson learned. It's a lot of turn, turning points for this team. Uh, they had a lot of penalties in Washington. They had a lot of penalties in this game. I really hope they learn from that. Well, I mean, the, the defenders learn to not penalize guys or hold guys or pass interference. There's so many silly mistakes that are going to get improved because of this one game. You take away the pick six, basically, where we threw an interception in the 20-yard line that turned into yep. a touchdown, and that 71-yard, and you've got a game where LSU just kicks field goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it was... And- it and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered errors. at the end. Yeah. Like, yeah. those, it, that field goal at the end wouldn't have mattered. It was two stupid errors, and we lost the game because of that. And that's it just sucks. because the offense didn't perform the way they needed to, to the same caliber the defense did, except for that one mm-hmm. play. Yep. And I really hope, and it seems like every single year, or at least the past two years, under Gus Malzahn, it's when we when we lose games, it's offensive struggles. And this game was definitely one of those. We pretty much played for, I mean, some could even argue less than two quarters on yep. offense. No, we did. But the first quarter, we came out of sleep. The fourth quarter. I don't even quarter, know if we showed up. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't show up until near the end of second quarter. Then we scored twice. We scored twice in like five minutes. It was so quick. And then I was like, all right, well, we're back. Mm-hmm. About time you guys showed up. Yeah. Come out, first drive of the second half, go down and score. I'm like, good mm-hmm. job, guys. Yep. Thank you. Needed Let's put that. this away. And then we just... <laughs> <laughs> of course, there were some... It was. It's really difficult to have a successful drive when you have holding on like a first down. Mm-hmm. Or when you run the ball twice in a row and you get three yards out of the two runs. Yep. Or it's hard, and I understand the logic behind it, but first down, you go long, incomplete. Because then it's second down and 10. You have two plays to get 10 yards. It's not impossible. I mean, it's very it, like very doable, but it just puts you in a really tough situation. And I understand the logic. You want to go deep when you can. And Stenham has the arm to do it. Didn't show it this game, 
And I wish that he had connected on a couple more long passes. Mm-hmm. Didn't do that. And that's maybe why I was a little frustrated that we would go long. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, I want to keep thinking, oh, we shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, if we had completed even one of those, probably if it hadn't been a touchdown, it would have been a 30, 40-yard gain. We had some some big, long passes. I mean, Asa Martin had the longest one. He had a 33-yard mm-hmm. pass. Yeah. Anthony and that Short's was a nice a little, like, rollout, too. It was. And I'm glad to use him. Uh, like, I was trying to figure out in my head over the past couple of games, we, we've seen Asa do a little bit. I'm, I don't think he's going to be like a prime time running back. Gus hasn't said he will, but we'll use him out of the backfield. And that like Devin, I mean, I think of kind of like Devin Barrett from last season, mm-hmm. kind of like roll him out, give him a good pass, let him do his, stu- do his stuff. And maybe later down when he's uh, down the road, when he's put on some more pounds and uh, more mature as a running back, give him some more carries. And that was uh, one of those RPOs where, we sent the running back out afterwards to make a play and it was mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. It just, it worked very well. And I think one thing, if there's anything that's positive out of this, like a silver lining, we didn't have any fumbles this game. Very true. So that's, very true. that's got out of us. The guys held on to the ball. Mm-hmm. A lot of really big hits by a very good LSU defense. No one fumbled. Yeah. That, that was very reassuring that our running backs against a tough LSU team didn't fumble the ball. Though, one of the things I did notice was Booby is, even when he's going through the middle of the line, he tends to carry the ball with only one hand yeah, and not cover too. it up with two. Yep. And that kind of worries me. Uh, there's going to be teams, they're going to watch that, and they're going to tell their guys, just go after the ball. Yep. And he's going to fumble unless he covers it with two hands. That needs to be changed. Um, and I, I'm pretty darn sure Tim Horton has seen that he's going to change that and get, get him to be our prime time running back. I mean, if it, this is any inclination, he's going to be our prime time running back and then change up some speed with Shivers. And honestly, we did the depth chart at running back. One thing I actually called right was Whitlow and Shivers and then Cam Martin third. Mm. So I think Shivers is definitely a, a good uh, Ontario McCaleb type runner. Yeah. And as long as we can, you know, open a hole for him to run through instead of running into six players, hitting him at one time, mm-hmm. then uh, he's a fantastic running back. Yep. Uh, one player on defense that I really wanted to point out, and I'm sure you noticed him as well, Deshaun Davis. Let's, let me just go through some of these stats. They He was as good as paper is, is telling me. 13 tackles, six of those were t- solo tackles. One sack four tackle for losses, one pass deflection, two quarterback hurries. That's some pretty freaking good stats right there. Yeah. Deshaun I, Davis is a beast. He caught my eye from the get-go, playing hard. Uh, absolute, I mean, he was my MVP for the game. He he played out of his mind. That's, that leadership that he showed and getting to the quarterback, batting down balls, getting in the way of running backs, that's the kind of – guy that we want to have um, continue to do that. Um, let's talk a little about special teams. Uh, Aaron, can Mr. we not Australian? <laughs> we can, we're going to, <laughs> uh, Australian Aaron, uh, he got five punts and this is very closely after Aiden Marshall left the team. So we're 
it's going to be Aaron. It's going to be the Aaron football punting uh, in America game. Yep. And he's going to be doing it the whole season. He did this pretty game, well. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. He had, he had 47 bad. yards per punt. Uh, he even had that great 51-yard punt that pinned LSU inside their 10. He's doing a really good job, you can tell, of placing the ball. Um, I'm loving the backspin. It's almost like it's hanging in the air just that much longer. Like even that 51 yarder had time for our gunners to get all the way down the field. I was like, how the heck? <laughs> like, what is the hang time on that thing? Like, I want to get a stopwatch out because of how long it was in the air. Uh, Anders Carlson, uh, he made his three field goals um, after scoring touchdowns. His three extra points. Yeah, extra points. But he did miss the one uh, 52-yarder. In his uh, defense, we should have been mm-hmm. able to give him better position to kick that field goal. That too. And I think, if I remember right, he had a bad snap. It was a terrible so snap. But that, what that, the heck? that threw him off. We need to get a snapper to do 100 reps. A mm-hmm. hundred reps of snapping the ball. He turned the ball the wrong way. The laces were like facing cockeyed. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, not not good at all. And I think it, was it Ian Shannon that was holding. Do you remember? I did not. I think he's been our holder for this this season, at least so far. Uh, yeah, not not a great performance from him. But I mean, it is fifty two yarder. Even if we had somebody like his brother, you're probably only getting sixty. The 70% of those actually made. And I still got to remind myself, he's a freshman. He's got he's got the, the jitters of what do I do um, in a big game situation. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that wasn't like a crucial touchdown at the time. It would have put us up, I think, 24 to 10 or something. But we ended up missing it. If he had made it, you know what that would have done? LSU would have had to drive down the field at the very end of the game and, and score a touchdown. They had time, and it was highly possible that they could do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they could have. I mean, I think they had Still, over a minute left. It's a lot harder to go and score a touchdown than it is to run out the clock and kick a field goal, mm-hmm. especially when we give you 30 yards on penalties. Yeah. Uh, did you notice anything else uh, from our special teams this week? Uh, we need to quit treating Andres like his brother because we are not doing him any favors and every single time like last last week we didn't even give him a chance to kick a field goal the first week we had a couple field goals but one of them was very very long he's not at the point where he's reliable to make the 50 plus yarders we need to get his confidence up and right now we're not helping with that we're just taking his confidence down I think in those situations, we need to go for it and not hurt our kicker. What are your thoughts on that? I, I know we can I agree. do it. I agree. And it, I think it just has to do with most people because he is the brother of Daniel Carlson, and we've seen him make long field goals. He can make a 60-yarder. Oh, absolutely. But there's a difference between making it because you know you can make it or missing it because you don't have the self-confidence to make it. And mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't given him the situation or the time or opportunity to build up that confidence. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why. Yeah, and, and the fact and, that we can't hold the friggin' ball yeah. in a place to give him a kick. Yeah. Like no there needs to be some serious work on the kicking game this week. 
because mm-hmm. he is a much better kicker than he's looking, and I put that on the team itself, not on him. Yeah, and I and just for myself, I wanted to go look up Daniel Carlson's stats from his freshman year. He only made 18 field goals out of 24, 75%. And I just want to keep reminding everybody of that. Like he's a freshman. He's going to miss things. He's got the nerves like every other 18 year old out there kicking a field goal. Uh, He's, he's got to get some time to get ready and uh, play like we know he can. Yep. Um, It just may take him a little bit longer. Um, and that's another thing. I mean, you got to keep these freshmen in mind. Like we're going to have mistakes later on. Booby Willow is going to fumble it again. Asa Martin's going to, I don't know, fumble it again. I don't know. Like there's going to be things that, that Jared Stedham is going to throw another to. interception. It's true. And he keeps passing like he was. <laughs> uh, our wide receivers are going to allow the, the defender to make an interception, even though it should have been theirs. Like things run a bad route. Something's going to go wrong. And we got to give them a little bit of grace with that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still not okay with this loss, obviously, but it is a learning point, and these learning points are crucial. And, and maybe this is the turning point again, like we had last season. Auburn with the Brax against the wall. No, they've got a really tough schedule ahead. They have to win every single game, and the margin for victory is razor thin. There's no way we can just play two quarters and win a football game in the SEC. Nope. We've got to play all 60 minutes. I don't care if we're playing LSU or Arkansas, who we'll be talking about later on this week. What an embarrassing team. But we could lose that game if we play poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Unlikely. Um, Very unlikely. But it is possible. Well, this game was unlikely to lose. There was, on paper and on the field, there was no reason for LSU to be in this game. Mm-hmm. And yet LSU, I mean, to give it to their coaches, they they did a really good job of not allowing our front seven defenders to, to get into the backfield. Well, it's because we only rush like four most of the time. Mm-hmm. We drop a lot of guys back because our corners can't cover. Yep. And they would protect with like six or seven guys. They'd have others coming in and holding the line. There, there was one play where they had everyone protecting the passer and they had one wide receiver go out mm-hmm. and they still caught the ball. Yep, yep. They had, I think, what nine defenders at that point. <laughs> yes! Nine defenders, a quarterback, and then one wide receiver. Yeah. Really? really? That should never happen. Never. That is that just stupid. Yep. All right. Any other thoughts? Any other frustrations you want to get out before we go? Uh, yes. So if you want to see what the Gus Malzahn headwear does for our winning percentages, you can go on to the Auburn Uniforms database and check it out. Clinton has put together a great graphic there. AuburnUniforms.com? Yep, AuburnUniform.com. But Gus Malzahn, take that blue ball cap, and burn it mm-hmm. because holy crap what a terrible game and why i, I still don't get a ball cap like gus he's done it a couple seem, times i know he's done it a couple it just doesn't like he looks so much better with a visor like i don't care if you're going bald gus we're we're your dumb <laughs> visor and it was hot so i'm thinking a hat yeah a cap it was like a hundred and three degrees on the field or something like that mm-hmm. 
it it, it felt like it in the okay. stands. I mean, in the nineties, in the stands. Honestly, and you're like in the premium seats, right, where you have the shade. Yeah, we had a little shade. Imagine mm-hmm. being out there. Like, I honestly, I wanted to go to this game. I know that uh, you were there, and Kyle went, and I don't think he actually made it in. But after this game, I was like, I'm so happy I didn't spend money to see this performance. And that's sad. And for me, like, it it was a long night uh, of driving back, and of course you get stuck in traffic, and you're just like, I mean, those are the worst times to head back. Yep. It's just you sit in the misery of the loss. And we haven't had to do that for two years. Two-year home win streak. Mm-hmm. Broken for being stupid. Yep. Mm. Mm. It's a tough one. I uh, uh, I want to put out an apology for how angry I've been. And I appreciate you, AJ, and you, the listener, for enduring this. I'm going to try to get over it. We'll see. I'll talk to you next year when we play LSU again, <laughs> and we'll see how I am. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's uh, I'm gonna be pissed. Like I wasn't pissed <laughs> going into this game, but I know I'm gonna be pissed next year going into the game. No, I hate LSU. Yeah, I hate LSU like I hate Clemson right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's become. All right. I know it's a rivalry game and whatever, the Tiger Bowl or whatever you want to call it, yeah. but I don't think we've treated it as a rivalry game. But we better dang well treat it as a rivalry game. We better now. And I think there was a... Uh, maybe I saw this somewhere, but somebody posted something about... Uh, there was... Uh, like, do you consider this to be like the third rivalry for Auburn? Yes. And it was a majority of people. Like 70-80% of people were saying yes. I was like, yep, makes sense. If you had asked me before this weekend, I would have been like, nah, whatever. Mm-hmm. After this weekend, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm circling yeah, uh, this game. I'm circling uh-huh. this game and the last two games of the season that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, Ben, do you want to give your social media so I can get in contact with you? Sure. Hit me up anywhere on social media, B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. It's always great, but sometimes frustrating. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?